Hey guys, this is episode <laughs> 186 of the Bitch Talk Podcast. This is a special edition podcast because we got a director, screenwriter, badass on this show. His name's Azazel mm-hmm. Jacobs, is that correct? Yes, Azazel. I mean, we can call Aza. him We Aza. call him Azza, yeah. but whatever. No um, yeah, he just uh, wrote and directed a film called The Lovers with Tracy Letts and Deborah Winger. Hello, Deborah Winger. Um, <laughs> yeah, we just interviewed him. He's rad. We almost cried about dogs. No, we did cry. Oh, okay. I teared up. I was tearing up. Yeah. It was hard. Yeah, that was a little funny. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> All I see is Char looking at me. I know, like, Char. Well, what? I'm yeah. for, I thought you were really going to cry. I had to I reel teared, it in. I, it wasn't crying. It was tearing. Because yeah, I, I mean, like, I'm a dog person. I'm I know you are. And so, of course, but then you guys are the ones doing the interview. <laughs> and and I, hear, I hear something about you know, a dog passing away. And then all of a sudden I see that, I hear that crackle in Aaron's voice. And I like look up and I'm like, oh my gosh, she's going to break out crying. She's going to break I, out crying. I really had to, there was a mental conversation happening. Like uh. just pull it in, pull it in. But yeah, then after the, uh, after the interview, we took photos with him and we were still talking about dogs and he showed us <laughs> pictures of it. We all shared pictures of yeah, our dogs. Yeah, that's true. That's yep. true. It was a special bonding moment. But um, I'm guessing it's her because it was Miha. Miha, yep. yeah. So his story was, because I don't think he shared it on the podcast, was that Miha showed up at his doorstep 17 years ago now mm-hmm. uh, in Echo Park, and he kind of tried to walk over her, and she just got on her back and showed her little tummy, and he was like, all right, one night. One night. <laughs> and then, one night. <laughs> and then 16 years later, he had a dog for life. So, <sighs> Anyways, the lovers. <laughs> yeah, back to the, sorry. <laughs> the, we, Ange and I, of course, are like, damn it. A, f- you know, because I'm a professional, totally remembered two questions in that I didn't have my notes in front of me. I'm like, fuck. So I just have to wing it. Um, Deborah Winger. Deborah, I was oh. just going to say that. <laughs> Deborah Winger it. Deborah winging it. Winger it. Okay. C- flash commodity. commodity. <laughs> <laughs> I was just about to go there. <laughs> It sticks with you. That's all I'm saying. It does stick with you, but not in the way that like you hope gum it does. In your hair. Yeah, <laughs> or on the bottom of my shoe that I just bought. Um, yeah, I had all these notes. First of all, Littlefinger. Yeah. What's his real so name? Hot. I have it. Aiden something. Gillen. Gillen is in the film and is so just like he's hot. He's I so get cute. it. I get why her character is cheating on her husband with him. Totally. He's acceptable. A, he's a writer and just kind of, you know, awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't talk about the son in the film who's played by Tyler Ross. Um, him and his adorable oh, girlfriend. Her name's How Aaron, by she? the way. Did you notice oh, that? She was no. gorgeous. Oh. Um, <laughs> and, like you had something to yeah, do with I it. Yeah, d- it's her name. <laughs> Aaron, she's anyway. gorgeous. Uh, and then, uh, what else did? Oh, the, the score, score of the fucking film. Yeah, I, I'm mentioning this because yeah. Ange and I, you know, we're trying to get this documentary out of our hair lovingly, of course. <laughs> but this is our topic right now: is finding a score. Yeah. And finding music for the film. And now that's all I'm listening to when I watch things. I'm like, oh, that's a good song. The score. Or, of I love this, this. Yeah, is so. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed in the credits that he used a live orchestra for Mm -hmm. especially the beginning part of the film. And, uh, I don't know. I hold that dear to my heart. Yeah. If you can, if you can afford a whole orchestra, (laughs) good for you. Well, the thing, and one thing that was really cool that I read like in in the press notes is, um, his, uh, composer, 
she was saying that it, the the score is like another part Mandy of the Hoffman. It yeah. is another part of the conversation. Like it's it adds to the conversation. It's not just the underlying no. quiet. It 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 speaks what the characters aren't saying. Right. So that's how she approached it. And right. Yeah, it's amazing and must be love. I mean, that's a when Tracy lets sing. Yeah, a very yeah. epic part of the film. It's a yeah. Right. <laughs> well, we don't want to anyway, spoil the. We don't want to spoil the ending. Yeah. Um. Sorry, I just burped. I hope that didn't smell like hummus. <laughs> sorry, everyone. Good. Good well, thing it's not Smello podcast. Go ahead. Sorry. No. Oh. Um. No, and just yeah, go see this movie. It's I, I loved it. I really enjoyed watching it. I feel like it runs the whole gamut of emotion. Mm-hmm. Like it's you know got got some comedy to it. Got some romance. Flash there's some comedy. tension. There's there's a lot of tension. I mean, there's it just runs the whole gamut of emotion and yeah, there's light moments, there's dark moments. It's just it takes you on a ride and it lingers. Well, it's interesting commentary on on um, relationships today, and also because mm-hmm. I I think all especially living in San Francisco in the Bay Area, there's a lot of people that I know of. Not a lot. That sounds like oh, it's like a dozen. It's like a couple of couples that I know have open relationships. And this isn't necessarily open relationship, but mm-hmm. obviously the love is lost and they're both seeing other people. And then how do you, how do you deal with that? Especially in this, this century. And mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just, it says a lot. I it's think the, it's the, com- the whole, the complications of love. Right. Do you, ch- me- do you, I think in this film I was watching, I'm like, well, do you do this way or do you, if yeah. you're bored, do you have the conversation or you're like, I want to see other people, but still want to be with you. I don't, yeah, and then and then it takes the whole name. It's called the lovers. It's right. Like, okay, who are the lovers? Right. That, that Which the title ones? Insinuates right, and and the ending is is just it's happy, but and it isn't. It, it is, but it just yeah. It's a lot of questions. It raises a lot of questions and makes you think. I saw the Q and A um, last night uh, after the screening. And there was a woman in the audience that asked him, you know, she's like, I thought the film was going to go one way and then it didn't. But didn't, don't you think that if it went, you know, the way that we think no, it's going to go, it. so I do I. It. And and so he he answered, he's like, yeah, my mom asked me that question. all." <laughs> <laughs> and this woman was probably in probably his mom's age, which was hilarious. So I was laughing really hard. Um, but it's. It's it's refreshing, I think. Yeah, I I loved it. I thought it I thought it was perfect mm-hmm. the way it is. So go see <laughs> the lovers. Um, follow Aza. Fo- yeah, Jacobs, exactly. who's a rad dude. Just like we were talking to one of our press friends, and he was like, he's just a dude. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, he's living mm-hmm. his life. Um, but super uh, easy to talk to. Yeah, really interesting guy. Come back, come back to bitch talk, dude. We'll have you in studio. Bring a dog if you want. I don't know. I'll bring my <laughs> dog. Uh, Shar, are you okay over there? You do have a mic up to your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> You're just posing. I didn't get to watch the movie, so. I know. It was a, this this one kind of, I don't know, it seems like everything's been sneaking up to me, but this one, the, uh, I wasn't even sure if I was going to be able to make the junket for this one. I know. So, yeah. I'm just glad it all worked out. Yeah. I was a little worried. I don't trust myself with this again? stuff. It's Yeah, we'll use her iPhone. <laughs> I'm using that iMic Deborah that may Winger or may it. not. We would winger it either way. Well, I could have sent you with this with this thing over here. <laughs> okay. Then you would have handed it to me and go, I don't know. And then yeah. you'd have real I would have been calling <laughs> you and being like, I think it's on. I have no idea. I don't know what's going on. There's <laughs> lights on. I don't know. Anyways, that might happen next week. Uh, so, you guys, 
go see the lovers it's open in new york la san francisco i'm guessing it's platforming out so it'll be in your city soon um again support azazel jacobs thank you Mm -hmm. i really pat myself on the back every time i say his name correctly (laughs) um aza and uh thanks for listening enjoy i guess my first question is when you wrote this film were you thinking of the ages of the main characters or did that come later I wasn't thinking about the ages, I, but I was writing with Deborah Winger, who's the star of the film, in mind. So I guess that, if that worked out, I wasn't sure she would say yes. She had responded to a film of mine a, a bunch of years earlier and talked about the intention, and we've talked about the intention of working with each other, but she's extremely selective. And so I'd kept going with her to projects throughout the years, nothing that f- turned out to be right. So there was no guarantee that when I was writing this that it would be right for her, but... I did have high hopes, so I guess that in some ways did set an age and set a set a you know set a world in, in that way that you're talking about. I found it easier because this film is in a lot of ways influenced by much earlier films to think about actors that are no longer alive, um, hmm. much older actors than picturing people. Oh well, then it could be this person or that person. It, it kind of opened up things a lot for me. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. Well, and it was really exciting, actually, even to see Deborah Winger on the big screen. Right. I mean, I, mean, I haven't. I can't even remember the last time I saw her. And the acting in this, uh, Deborah Winger and Tracy Letts. Wow, that must have been such an incredible experience for you to work with them. Their their performances in this film are, are like it stays with you. It's really amazing. For me as well, it really was one of these things. And they they weren't together until the first day of shooting. It wasn't something that we did a rehearsal. I was able to rehearse with Deborah because she was out in, in California, but Tracy's in, who's in Chicago. We just had a brief but good conversation over the phone. He responded to the script. He responded, especially that it was Deborah in the lead, and that was the, the, the good thing is that Deborah, when she said yes, she was the first person cast, and I just felt very, very sure that she would attract the kind of talent that she wound up attracting, and that kind yeah. of just set it all the way down the line. And so... I also felt like the person that's going to be up for that, who knows, because we all know what Deborah's capable of, mm-hmm. uh, would, would rise to that challenge. And that was Tracy. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. But I didn't know until the day of shooting, and none of us knew until we started shooting, go, okay, this is working. They're, they're pushing each other, and they're, like, they're excited by each other, and they're challenged by each other in this way that's way beyond anything that I could have written or really just planned Right. Yeah. So you let them. So it sounds like you kind of let them play with the characters as well. And w- one thing that I really liked about the movie is it's not a lot of dialogue. A lot mm-hmm. is said with what's uns- unspoken. And so um, did you let them kind of just off the cuff kind of play with things? And, and like, what was your direct role as in directing them? Yeah, the, the, there's no improv. The, the script is actually very, very. I don't think there's any lines that were changed. But because there's, especially in that first third of the film, it's so quiet. Mm-hmm. There's so much space for them to get into that. Yes, I really encourage them to see how can you make this yours? And that had a lot to do with just making sure that we didn't start, the crew and I didn't start setting up things before they had a chance to walk into the room and figure out where they would be to say these few lines and how, what would happen in between that. And then, because sometimes you're just setting things up and you're saying, all right, well, hit this point, this is where the camera is and this is where the light is, so then say this. Right. And everything in between, you're not really thinking about. But that those moments were 
much more important to me than the actual specific line. Right, um, for it to be more organic for them. Yeah, because I'm, I was working with this these people that are constantly looking for how can I say this in a truthful way even though the characters are not being nearly as truthful. <laughs> right, yeah. Well, maybe if you could give a, a brief description of the film and you wrote and directed mm-hmm. it and maybe tell us like what inspired you to, to right. write this film. Well, th- this is The Lovers is a story about a, uh, a married couple who cheat on their lovers with each other. <laughs> and so that simple line <laughs> I had for a while. I just been. I'm. I think I'm always somebody looking for that kind of simple story that you could say in one line. So with Doll and mm-hmm. M, you know, a best friend that hires another best friend to become a personal assistant. Like the, there's just a way that you can f- feel like, oh, there's so many places to go with that. Mm-hmm. So in this case, the same situation. There was just a line that I felt like, okay, that gets the story out of the way, the narrative. Like now we know what ultimately it is at the mm-hmm. crux of this story but what happens in between and then it wasn't until maybe kind of tossing it around and thinking about it but then just going through my own personal experiences not so much of my own relationships but seeing relationships I'm not 44 years old and when I got into my 40s you know you go through these waves of births and deaths and then mm-hmm. suddenly I was in these waves of people breaking up that I knew as couples and whose couple whose love I believed in and I was having a tough Mm -hmm. time just thinking like that's gone it's over did it it didn't exist (laughs) even though I'm carrying Mm -hmm. that couple around with me and in some ways this was this a fantasy idea of thinking well they're 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 existing inside of me so that that's one thing that was kind of I think an an inspiration on this the Mm -hmm. other thing too was that Right before writing, this film was dedicated to a person named Gil Dennis, who's a writer who wrote Walk the Line, among mm-hmm. uh, other works. But he was my teacher at AFI, and we became, a, we became friends and collaborators and a mentor. And he, he, he passed away suddenly uh, right before I started writing this. And this, this was a story that I felt like, oh, I, I knew his humor, and I could hear him responding to this film and as I was writing I could hear him responding he had a very distinctive laugh and I could hear how he would laugh <laughs> to it and how he would enjoy it and then lastly as I was writing my um my, my dog of 16 years who I had since she was four months was was passing away and I oh. felt like well. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> we, both, we both have dogs. I'm like, oh. oh. It's, it's too much. I can't, it's actually, I can't. Yeah, I yeah. was like you. And I was always like, I can't, I can't, I can't. And oh my God. I felt this. Um, in ter- talk about like a, it, like the most pure, sincere love mm-hmm. disappearing. And just uh, that affects that kind of how to celebrate that, how to get through that. I think a lot of this story came from that, just a kind of celebration, like, oh, love stays. Good. Now I'm getting it. I know. I'm like, I know. I can't. Thanks for making me cry. I gotta go. <laughs> well, it's been a year, and it's actually just gotten harder. It just does it. Yeah, it really has been one of those things where you just can't believe um, you can be loved that deeply, uh, yeah. that understood, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. that cared about. They are your best friend. Mm-hmm. They love you no matter what. Yeah, and you have this idea that you're teaching them how to, you know, uh, stop at the light or whatever or it is. Or whatever. But the mm-hmm. reality is, you're. I look back and I think like I don't think I've been taught more by any other experience. 
you know her name Bella. is Miha and uh, yeah she was she was <laughs> she was <laughs> this is dog talk everybody so. <laughs> <laughs> no that's no so but they true. teach you patience and love and kindness and patience and I don't know that's loyalty that's, yeah loyalty yeah. so and all those loyalty. things I would say had an effect on this story mm-hmm. wow know? so it was kind of a cathartic thing for you the, the writing of this script absolutely well anything that I think I get to make that I had I had so much control over this really this really represents for better or worse my sensibilities what th- my interest what I like what I care about I had an incredible amount of control over this so yes this does just that experience is so healing mm-hmm. in a certain way of going like okay who am I with this person this this in this case this person whether it's Gil or or this animal gone who am i how do i still exist with them how do they still exist within me i I do want to cheat a little bit because i got to hear the answer last night at the q a and then i read it in the notes as well but i do love the deborah winger story do you mind sharing with our audience (laughs) i made a film in 2011 called terry uh terry with an i at the end and it, it um it was a you know another film that I'm extremely proud of, small independent movie that I wound up doing uh, you know festival tour with before it came out and doing Q and A's, and I wound up uh, doing a Q and A in New York City where on the way out I was stopped by Deborah Winger mm-hmm. and she was there with her son and wow you know like she stopped wow. and she expressed that she really cared for the film and there was this moment it was a brief conversation. But I was with a friend and there was something, something happened in that conversation that wasn't so much about what she said, but I felt like the way that she was looking at me after seeing the movie that really resonated with me. And I walked away and I said to my friend, like, ah, like, wow, what was, there was something there. What was that? And it stayed in my mind. And then it stayed about a month or two later, I wound up getting a a handwritten letter from Deborah. (laughs) You know, with Who does that anymore? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, so that had an impression, but also yes. said the stationery said Deborah Winger. Uh, <laughs> engra- Excuse me. Just in and case wow. you needed to know. Yeah. That's <laughs> when you know from, you've made it. Yeah. <laughs> that is one of those. Was there a wax like, seal too, like a DW wax seal on the envelope? I'm just gonna say yes. <laughs> yes. I'm gonna go all the way with it. She took but, a candle and totally yeah. And in it, it just said, "Still thinking about your film, love." you know, if you, to, for you to keep me in mind with things ahead. And this was a letter that I immediately put above my desk where I write and just had kind of looming over me throughout while I was working on Doll M and whatever else I was working on. I would go to her and say, hey, I'm this, does this sync up? Is this something that you'd be interested in? And uh, for whatever reasons, there wouldn't be she felt like it wouldn't be right for her. Like it wasn't exactly what she wanted to do. So when I was writing with her again, like I didn't know she was going to say yes, but I had this this great aim and great intention. And so getting her the script was she was the first after you know kind of giving it to my wife and giving it to the crew and feeling like okay, it's ready to go to her. She was the first person that I gave it to, and the first person when she said yes, that I felt like I have I. 
I have a movie. Right. Is, Everything else will come stem from that. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's so that that's got to be really flattering, not only because of her, the caliber of an actress that she is, but also she seems like someone who's been very picky about her career. Mm-hmm. She won't just jump on board with with any project. So that has to feel really special for her to be so. It did because what she told what she told to me was that it sunk up to her life in a lot of ways not in terms of like what she's going through in her experience but it was a place that she could connect to and that it was something that she could want to express and also discover and it was a challenge for her that she was looking for I think more than anything when I, when I think about the things that I gave to her is that, that they just weren't challenging enough and I think maybe because mm-hmm. there's so much space and silence and especially in the first part of this film she saw that this is a film about me trusting my performers, and I think that's something she really responded to. Mm-hmm. And then what that wound up doing to the production, when I went back to the producers, Ben LeClaire and Chris Dinson that I work with, and saying, all right, this is the type of movie, and then that, not only did it attract Tracy in this, but A24, that was mm-hmm. the kind of thing, like, I wound up with the best type situation, mm-hmm. you know, yep. because it, it just started from the top. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not a person that believes in trickle down economics yeah. so much, <laughs> but I've survived on the trickle down in a lot of ways in this industry, and I saw that happen in this kind of uh, in this project. I do want to talk about the sex scenes because I wasn't expecting it. Um, <laughs> was that something? My first sex scenes. Yeah, were they really? <laughs> yeah. Oh. I've never done that. oh. How was that? Yeah. Yeah. How <laughs> how was that? But also, was that written in the script, or was it just one of those things that it just kind of evolved on set? No, it was written in the script, and there's more sex scenes that I, I should put in the the extra. DVD I mean, extras. There's like, there's like <laughs> yeah. Moments that were, um, you know, you don't cut these things out because they're too shocking or whatever it is. You just cut them out because you feel like you, it's there. Hmm. But I was extremely nervous. I mean, I've done, like, with Terry, there's definitely, like, a heavy sexual content in a particular scene, but it's definitely, it's not a sex scene. And working up to it, I, I of course, was ext- was nervous, but they, they made it easy. They, I mean, mm-hmm. the, the, they were nervous in this way mm-hmm. that wasn't about attacking me for asking it. They were nervous, and they were excited. And it was something that Tracy, from the beginning, said he was really pulled into doing this project with because he felt like look he's 50 years old and suddenly there's this idea when you turn a certain age that that mm-hmm. that ends that mm-hmm. story ends when right. it's just not the case and of course we know it's not the case and how strange that this is a rarity like i'm i'm so happy that people are responding to this but how weird that this is shocking these are people right. that are yeah. having sex a lot longer than we right have. right yeah. exactly and it's happening you guys yeah, it's there and, you know everything you're reading too is they're probably having sex more than younger people mm-hmm. too. so who the hell knows what's going on and i would argue better sex because they're more comfortable with themselves right. it's just like the judgment is over i'm just trying to yeah handle you know i'm just yeah. trying to enjoy fun. myself yeah. yeah 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 exactly and i think that that was there that you know they definitely like in between when I would call cut, there was definitely like that giggling <laughs> between them. Like, oh my, what are we doing? Right. What's going on? And I, but I'm, I made sure to be outside of the room because I was thinking, you know, yeah, I don't know, try to make it more comfortable, whatever it mm-hmm. is. But I too was surprised looking at it, but also just so like, I find them extremely sexy together mm-hmm. I, oh absolutely yes. are you, you kidding know, they yeah. have a chemistry yeah, it's so it. refreshing to see that yeah. yeah so the you know we could say like yeah they don't have uh the 
what we're used to seeing in magazines is like right. what we consider sexy. But and for me, that's never been the thing that's actually been that sexy. To no, me. right? Because it's not. It's not. It doesn't seem tangible. That's airbrushed and it's fake. And the 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 realness of this, the honesty of these sex scenes and of their relationship, is what made it sexy and relatable and. And I, I love I, seeing their bodies, both yeah, of them. It, yeah. it's, you don't see that in filmmaking. So yeah, it was so in mainstream, refreshing. mainstream, quote unquote, filmmaking. Yeah. But you also make them. I mean, there's also certain scenes that I really loved. Like there's one texting scene, and you know, a bunch of different in between scenes where you just see them being like giddy kids, and it, it was kind of like, I, I don't know. It was, you, you see both sides, both sides of it. I don't know about you, but I don't feel like I've changed that much. You know, yeah. since I've, you right. know, since you're a teenager, when yeah, you're doing totally. it all, when you're being giddy <laughs> about that, I don't know. I'm definitely like, for better or for worse, I still dress the same. I still listen to the <laughs> yep. same thing. Absolutely, yes, uh, yes. Feel, and I still don't feel like I know anymore. I, I've been with my wife now for 16 years, but I don't feel like. It, it still feels like dress up to me, you know. When I <laughs> like go, you're, you're yeah, the when whole adulting wife, thing yeah. or whatever. Like, hey, we're playing. <laughs> yeah, this is cool. Like, and then every now and then you got to do your taxes or something, and you're like, oh, I guess I'm old. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. exactly. Um, Damn IRS. <laughs> but I felt that I remember being five years old and missing being four. Like that, eight, that feeling of being feeling old, I've always had as well. And yeah. Maybe that's just me, but I, I don't remember a time where I felt like, wow feel really particularly young I always felt like damn that was kind of things were better a couple of years ago I was, really, <laughs> I was really young then yeah I mean yeah I, we're all around the same age so I feel like we all feel that way like mm-hmm. how did I get here I was just this age just a few years ago that's the amazing thing and yeah. I know that that's the trip for Deborah and Tracy as well and for my parents my parents have been together now for over 50 years and, I, and I've heard them both say like what yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. how did we get here well i feel like that's a cool message with the film too is like just because you're getting older doesn't mean you can't still surprise yourself mm-hmm. and you know your life can still make curves and go every which way and and that's a good thing like you keep inevitable. living you're still alive i you think know, it's you an, i think that it's inevitable you know i don't think there's ever a place where we again i don't know but that we get to a place where we're like all right we're set you know, mm-hmm. I'm set. I got I got my relationship down. I got what I'm my interest down. I got my friends down. Um, I think that if I ever got to that place, I'd start making work that I really didn't care for. Mm-hmm. Maybe right. that's what it would have happened if you stayed in Santa Clarita, because you were talking about how much you were really kind of felt like on a different planet there. Yeah, that's true. You know, that's definitely <laughs> true. That's the quicksand, I guess, is is part of the is looking for comfort, even though mm-hmm. I'm somebody that, yeah, I definitely, you know, I, I want an iPad. I want a whatever, you know, right. I want these things that you get comfort from. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know that those things, like to look for something that's really stable is is more than likely going to lead to heartbreak and just kind of prepare myself for whatever turns Disappointment, ahead. maybe. Yeah. yeah. Well... How how has working on this project changed the way that you look at your own marriage and your mm-hmm. own relationship? Has it affected you? Are you more aware of certain things now? Well, the nicest thing, the best thing, is that she, she Diaz likes this film more than anything else I've made 
and she she works on my movie. She does the costumes and she did the costume. And she's actually the first person I have the conversation with. I mean, she's the first person I give the script to, and she's the first person to tell me, this feels honest. This I don't know about this. I don't I don't know about this, but this actually feels this is interesting. This is true. This feels true, and so that that's the base of a lot of that's who I trust more than myself in terms of because there's things that I'm just gonna want to. Uh, because I want to get to something else or there's some other reason I, I count on her to catch me for those things so to make something together ultimately uh, has has for right now made things really really nice it's been a good relationship and now she's becoming a filmmaker she just made her first uh, short potential pilot that could go on she shot in the house and a very very small crew and I'm seeing how much I'm learning from watching her do things in a different way than I am. And I think that's maybe one of the things that I learned. It's like, yeah, we, we want to be similar. We want to do things the same. But those differences are sometimes really not things to fear so much. Mm-hmm. They're actually some things that are really necessary to bring in something new and something mm-hmm. For growth and, and yeah. learning. And, yeah. and for learning and mm-hmm. just to be impressed and go oh, I would never have done that. I'm mm-hmm. sure that that wouldn't have worked out, but actually that's better than what I would have done. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I think our time is up. <laughs> you want to go so another much. 30? Aza <laughs> uh, <laughs> Jacobs, thanks so much for being here. And thank you for this film. It was so much fun to watch and a very refreshing story. Everything about yeah. it. It's, it's sitting with me. I want to see it again. Yeah. So thank you so awesome. much. It means the world to hear when it resonates. So really, thank you and thank you for the time. Yeah. Thanks for being on Bitch yeah. Talk. Go see the lovers, everyone. Bitch, please.